one. You know, when, uh, when the service is so good, the preacher don't even get to preach. Hallelujah. That's a good one. And you get to go home an hour early. Amen. I do want to thank all of those that support us financially for whatever reason. Hopefully it's with tithes and offerings because you feel like you're part of this house even though you can't be here. And all of those who give because they believe in the message that we're preaching and, uh, and uh, uh, the kingdom, of, the gospel of the kingdom. So anyhow, we're, we're broadcasting back again today. I want to title this this morning something, and I'm going to just share my heart with you about the fight of my life, that I'm in the fight of my life. I've been in many situations, been in the ministry. I've walked into a hospital room where someone's son was in critical condition, car accident, had a broken neck, had him on this thing where you had to talk to him from a mirror. Didn't have much hope of him ever walking again. How many of you know that he and those that love him were in the fight for their life? You have a child who starts doing criminal things and gets hooked on drugs. And they start doing things that hanging around the wrong group of people and getting in trouble and getting arrested for, you know, dumb stuff. If you're a parent or if you love that person. You know you're in for the fight of your life. Or that prodigal to someday please come home, but they won't even listen to you. That's the fight of your life. When you got that sweet little girl, I mean, you got those pictures of her, and she's just so sweet. And she gets a little older, and she runs off with Mr. Billy Nightmare. And you get in, you're in the fight for your life. Y'all hear me? Fight for your life. There's a scripture that I, and a principle that I live by, and I, I put it in Facebook. I said, in the midst of my calamity and your silence, I will not faint. For I know, Yahweh, that you are the quiet type, and I have not forgotten what you have already spoken, for it's written. Let me tell you how God works. He tears, and then he heals. You hear me? He tears, then he heals. Somebody said, that's mean. Well, you, how many of you go to the gym? That's what you're doing. You tear, and you heal. You can't build muscle mass without tearing and then healing. It's a process of growth. It's a natural process. So what God does, he reveals something to us. He brings us to this level in our life. And, we, man, we get there, we're excited and all that. But all of a sudden, now, he says, okay. And he doesn't, we don't hear from him for a while. Always the quiet type. And then he's watching and he's looking to see, okay, I don't feel you. I don't hear you. you. If you have ever accepted Christ and you're wanting Christ to accept you and you go through the right uh, ways of God and laws of God and put yourself in the right place, I want to tell you, there's times you're going to feel like that God never existed. Where are you? I'm no different than anybody else. You come through a dry season. How many of you know that's just a process of nature? We're taught it in nature. But he's looking to see. And this is what I do. I don't forget what he already said. Just like Yeshua when he was in the wilderness. He said, it is written. So my faith is in what he's already said. Now, I got to say this this morning because this has been bugging me a little bit. You know, about, but I always can find out where I'm at with Yahweh. And I've said this for years, and I know it's probably redundant, but it's worth, it's worth hearing. Because to me, my love levels is similar to the oil light on my car. Now, some of y'all don't know this, but if that oil light comes on, you, you shouldn't keep driving. 
Y'all hear me? That oil light comes on, and it's a signal or my, when my love levels start going down and my tolerance and my patience, I need to know that there's something going on in me. When I start justifying hatred toward other people, it's a clear indication that now I'm losing ground and I'm going back to that unchrist-like person I used to be, and you'll never stop there. It's always, the slide is always worse. Hello. Do y'all hear what I just said? Hear my words, little Ecclesia. Anyone you feel or think is against you or hurting you are especially the ones you love. Children, your carnal mind will categorize those people as your enemy. And let me tell you what your flesh is programmed to do to an enemy. Kill! C-I-L-L, kill! But us, Ecclesians, when that opportunity arises to kill our enemies, and how many of you know it will? Anybody ever had an opportunity to want to kill your enemy? Or somebody that did you wrong or your child wrong or look, or pulled out, just pulled out in front of you, didn't see you. That's your oil light coming on. Your anointing is low. I have to choose not to, to feed or kill. How do you do that? Gossip, slander, withhold, avoid, hold grudges. We've talked about it. Let me tell you the, our standard. And the thing about our standard is that we can't achieve the standard God requires without God's help. Do you hear me? So you're not going to get it started in the spirit and think you're going to be able to finish it in the flesh. Ain't going to happen. Listen to what the Bible said. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Now, if you're not there yet, then you're not there yet. You got a ways to go, and you need to understand that. Well, maybe the reason that I'm not receiving everything that God wants me to have is because I'm not giving Him everything that He wants me to give. I don't even feel God anymore. You know why? Because you're vengeful, you slander, you you hold grudges. You're—I mean, those kind of things will stop the flow of God. When we come to the ecclesia, and we are exhorted. To love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. For some reason, we don't think that applies to us, or I guess, whatever. I, I tell you, I had an opportunity to really see how ugly I am. Man, I, it's, this made me so angry at myself because somebody did something, and all I would have had to do is say one thing to really discredit them. And what they were doing wasn't something that hurt anybody. But I saw a, a, something of jealousy, and I saw this thing. Well, it was just so ugly. And I, and I wanted to just make a statement to make that person look bad. Now, you're going to have to forgive me. I'm not as far along as most of y'all. But, and I'm going to tell you, I said, I was praying. I said, oh, my God, you're kidding me. John, this, you're so, this is Pathetic. I felt so mad at myself and so bad at myself. And, and, and I confessed it and I asked God to forgive me. And as I was meditating, the thought came to my mind again. I want to, it was just, it was so ugly. See, my attitude toward others is a true revealing test of where I am in my walk. 
It's not the only one, but I'll tell you what. If I'm not loving people, I can tell you right off, I'm not full of the Spirit. I'm not, I'm not, I'm backsliding. Which nobody wants to use that term anymore because we've been lied to about once saved, always saved. How can you backslide when you once saved, always saved? They, the whole lie. It's another one of the fights of my life. That attitude and belief. But I'll tell you what I knew it was. I know those kind of things is a clear warning that my engine was about to seize up. And when your engine seize up, let me tell you what happened. You don't get any farther. You stop right there on the side of the road, and God moves on in the journey, and you get left behind. There's nothing more certain than that the people of our society, and every society, I always tell people this, there's less crime today than there, there, there was in other times in history. People think this is such a bad time in the world. No, it's not. You can, you can go to countries in Europe and not have to be uh, watch out for Attila the Hun, the Goths, the Roman army. The people and the cultures and the generations of the church that rebel against Yahweh and his truth and his way, they've ignored his holiness and a life of holiness and his requirements. Let me tell you, in due time, those type of people will in due time face his vengeance. You think he's going to just let people get away with mocking him? No. And you and I aren't exempt from that. So we find ourselves in a place mad at God because God ain't doing this and that when it's really us that ain't doing nothing. Hey, man, lift your hands to God. Clout. Could you do something? I mean, there's seven Hebrew words for praise, and ain't none of them stand there. There's not one that says stand there. There's not one that says sit there. There's not one that says think. This world... And I want you to listen, and this is the message that God has got me hot on because it is the fight of my life. The message that I'm preaching right now is the fight of my life because nobody knows this. Nobody wants to believe it, and they're so, they're so deceived and blind, it's going to be the ruin of them. And that is this, that the children of disobedience will come under the wrath of God. Now listen, he didn't say, those bad people... He said, children, the children, his children who live in disobedience, who ignore his laws, his requirements, his ways, they will be under the, the wrath of God. And let me tell you, scripturally, I can say it this way. Your doom waits, and it'll visit your children and your grandchildren. Take heed to my warning, because there's nobody going to have excuse when his judgment finally falls, and his judgment ain't just going to fall on that day when you die or however you want to try to believe. I want to tell you, God is not mocked. If you don't obey God, consequences will be paid. And you'll, you will be cast into a place and sentenced to long, being alone for the rest of your life. You won't be able to love nobody really or, or receive their love. I mean, it's just this whole thing. God don't just, you know, burn your hair off of you. What does that make of our faith believing the true gospel and our obedience to the requirements that God has? We can't just do this halfway. We can't believe it just halfway. We can't just say, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do, let me see. It's like the grocery store. My dad, I think I said this the other day. My dad would go get milk at one grocery store and get meat at another one. This, that ain't what God's about. When you got baptized, this is what you agreed to. You said, I don't do my way anymore. I do his. 
How many are you living up to that? No, we're going to do our way over God or anybody else. And don't say it's not true. It is. And we need to repent of it and get our lives back in order. Your life does not belong to you anymore. That's the true gospel. Nobody wants to believe that or hear that. No, I, this is my life. No, it's not. You told God. And you made a vow to God that your life is no longer your alone. Matter of fact, the symbolism was that you're dead now. You tell people that, they look at you like you're crazy. One of the things that I think we've lost sight of, and I, I think COVID has contributed to this, because I think going to church really is, we found out that it's really just a hobby. And the thing about a hobby is it can be replaced by another hobby. Huh? A hobby of coming to church on Sunday is replaced by a lot of hobbies now. I talked to an older gentleman the other day. He said, man, how's the church? You know, how many did you close? Have y'all opened yet? I said, yeah, yeah. We, you know, I told him the story. He said, you know, this is what he said to me. He said, I hadn't even been back to church. He said, church is kind of like a hobby, isn't it? I'm like, let me write that down. So he golfs on Sundays now. But it's okay. Because he does it with his son. They're like this now. Goes to family is the most important thing in the world. Oh, really? Well, wait before you stand in front of Yeshua. See what he says. What we're doing here is, is the most important thing by far. Because this is the only thing that can get you a well done. And But in America, we don't believe that anymore. We believe we can just float around and go anywhere we want to, anytime we want to, and do it the way we want to. And you're always going to say it's okay. I pray today that today will be a life-changing thing. And the things I've been preaching and, and teaching and trying to... You know, how, many of you, how many of you ever choked somebody you love? Have you ever choked anybody you love? Raise your hand right now. Huh? Well, three of us in here. You never choked them, but you love them. But you want to choke them. <laughs> Don't forget, y'all, I've counseled y'all, so <laughs> your, your silence don't mean nothing. So what does that make of our assembling on the Lord's Day and being joined and I always say butt and buck, and not robbing God of his tithes and offerings. What, what does that make of the love and forgiveness that should dwell in our hearts by the Holy Spirit? Well, I want to tell you, if you have, and you do those things that he says, these things that I'm preaching and telling you about the Lord's Day and tithes and offerings and having a real ecclesia is the most important things there are by far. What else can be closer, or excuse me, more important than that? I'm to the point here, I'm done. look, don't say I didn't warn you. Can't keep warning people. You that are on your butts watching TV, or, and or, or, they're probably not even watching no more. I know we got a lot. They probably just, well, hey, where, where are you? Well, I think maybe the children of disobedience have suffered the wrath of God. People aren't here today because they're not allowed to be here without me saying anything to them. God will alienate them from the, his house for their disobedience. Can't come back if they wanted to. Not because of me, you know, I'm, I'm like, well, I like everybody. Oh, come on, please come back. Please come back. There's people that cause me so much heartache and hell and stuff that I still have in my mind. And you know, oh, yeah, what about, I won't call any names. Lord, bring them back, Lord. Lord, just bring them back. What an idiot. Oh, yeah, that's me, but I ain't God. And these people, their heart is hardened. They're spirit proof now. They're sermon proof. You can tell them the Bible. Well, what about this? La -dee -da -dee -da -dee. No, we got other things to do. 
we got other things to spend our money on. We don't, we, we're tired. I told somebody, I said, look, if you're tired, that's what the Sabbath is for. The day of rest. I'll see you Sunday morning on the Lord's Day. Thank you. Let me tell you what Yahweh does. He stops working in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Now we don't even have the energy, the desire, or the will to please God. His spirit has left your building. Don't even love him anymore. And so we get that sentence of being alone in regret for the rest of your life. And this is what happens. When you quit trusting Yahweh and doing what he says, guess what happens to your trust with every other relationship? It goes down what the, I think the King James Bible calls the turlet. Now you, uh, you cannot trust anybody. You're suspicious of everybody. And now all of a sudden, all the things that God wanted to bless you with and have you with that peace and, and all that trust you have, guess what? You can't. You will be suspicious of everything and never have and fulfill that relationship that God gave you. See, people think they know God. I don't think they do. They know some pamsy, mamsy, weak, effeminate. Oh, I love you. I don't care what you do to me, God. That has been presented by a false gospel of what they call grace. Do I believe in grace? Hallelujah, yeah. Don't say I didn't warn you. So I'm in the fight of my life. And really the fight of my life today isn't the gospel that I preach or the gospel of the kingdom. You know, the restoring that about heaven Hell, all those things, you know, all those things that we preach that are so contrary to the modern Christendom. That is not even an issue to me anymore because I found out this. 90% of all people don't even know why, what they believe or why they believe it. So they're like, okay, you don't want to argue with me? I want to argue with you. Let me prove to you. I don't know. They don't care. They have their own belief system. But this is the fight we're in. 2 Peter 2.20 says it this way. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Yahshua Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome, the latter end is worse with them than the beginning. My biggest fight here is your entanglement with the world, not our doctrine. Doctrine's easy for somebody that, you know, it's not an idiot. <laughs> I mean, if you, if you don't have a dog in the fight, you want to just look at the Bible and read the Bible, I can prove that to you. But even, there's people, y'all know, but that ain't the problem here. The problem is our entanglement with the world. We love the world. And you can't love the world and love God. Hebrews 10 said this, Let's hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful that promised. And let us, listen to this, and let us consider one another provoke unto love and good works. When people don't come to church on Sundays, they don't love you. If they're busy, let me tell you what they are. They put something else before what God ordained and requires, and yet, but they don't love you. They're not interested in, in provoking you and loving you and encouraging you. I want to tell you, if, if we don't need encouraging, who does? I need encouragement. You're not going to get it on Facebook. You're not going to get it through, through, through technology and those kind of things. This is what he called his body members to join together. And, and you know what? We don't have to have this building, but we got to meet somewhere. You hear me? 
People say, we ain't the churches. The churches left the building. No, you got to have a building somewhere. The building is, we are the building. But the building got to be somewhere. We can have ecclesia outside, but guess what? Then nobody would come. That's them lazy people sitting on their butts watching right now. Now, there's people legitimately have reasons for doing that. But I want to tell you what, if it wasn't for, I, I, I'm thinking about just getting off of it. Y'all know I've been wondering, having that. I'm like, look, hey, I think COVID kicked in for me. <laughs> this is what he said. Consider one another. Would you consider the rest of us, please? And provoke unto love and to good works. What's he say? Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. But exhort one another and see the much more. Why? As we see the day approaching. It's worse than it's ever been in the sense that we got less time. The day's approaching and we're busy out there eating, drinking, and being married. And getting married. Sorry, I don't know. No reference to anybody here. Oh, I hadn't even announced that yet, have you? Can I announce it? July 31st. Here in the house of God. At the ecclesia. Robert is marrying Alexis. And she said, uh, yes. And I don't know if you're invited or not. It's a private party. Goes. Listen, but listen to what he said. Listen. For if we sin willfully after we receive the knowledge of truth. What's sinning willfully after we receive the knowledge of the truth? What's it talking about? Forsaking the assembling of yourself and joining together and encouraging one another. If you don't do it, you're sinning willfully. And if you do that after coming to the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for your sins. That ain't what that means. I haven't told me all that. I didn't want to say, okay, then tell me what it means. But what do we look forward to then? Listen. A certain fearful looking of for of judgment, fiery indignation, which shall devour the adversaries. He that despised Moses' law die without mercy under two or three witness. Listen to this. Of how much sore punishment suppose ye shall he be thought worthy? Listen. Who hath trodden under foot the Son of God, and hath counted the blood of the covenant, where he was sanctified an unholy thing, and hath done despite unto the Spirit of grace. For we know him. He said, Vengeance belongeth to me. I will recompense. And again he said, The Lord shall judge his people. And listen, it's a terrible thing, a fearful thing, to fall in the hands of a living God. I wonder if all the fear that people live in who should be full of the Holy Ghost and full of faith, could that fear believe because we fall into the hands of a living God because we have rejected or somehow not even mentally considered or believed in the concept of the body of Christ. Of all the topics I ever preached on, I want to tell you the hardest to get across, what would it be? Hmm, hell? No. Want to have it? No. What? I don't even have to think about it. It would be this subject, totally devoting your life to Christ. Preaching sold out Christianity, the demands and requirements of Yahshua, draws the disapproval of people who try anything to discredit and persuade me to lower the standard. Can I say thank you to you who empower me to not lower this standard? I mean, I'm going to do it anyhow. But y'all sure make it. A lot more. Make me, I'm, I'm more confident. You support and bless me. 
You're with me. Thank you. I had to understand years ago, you always said, there's some people, Johnny, they're just going to be scaffolding. But see, I don't like that. But it don't matter if I like it or not, I realize that's just how they're going to be. They're going to come and, and they're going to maybe build the building for us at cost. It happened. I can tell you, oh, I can give you all these different places. They come here and they do this and they're, they're scaffolding. Let me tell you what else a lot of people are. They're parasites. Johnny, you're so mean. I'm tired of people talking in the pulpit one way and go outside talking normal or watch TV and see something else and we get mad because of the pastor maybe said parasites. I'm going to say it like it is the way I say it. And I'm hoping the Holy Spirit, he's the only one who's going to get it through our heads anyhow, what he's trying to say through me. Amen? But the fact is, parasites, they eat and they run. They enjoy the benefits of the body of Christ, but they don't contribute nothing to its well-being. I could, you know, one of the things I don't, I, I just can't stand to look at who, who gives and who don't give. I, I, you know, I just say, Jonathan, okay, I, I, I don't want to know. Because I don't know that I could stand it. The people who rob God. I'd probably have to be in church. With, hey, I have bad, bad news, everybody. Uh, last week, the church got robbed. Oh, what happened? Well, people didn't tithe. They come in with guns? No. Church got robbed again. See, I don't, I don't have to deal with that because I ain't looking. If I just wait a little while, I can watch, and I know. Some people give a standard this, or whatever, and they don't understand that it's a tenth of your income. Well, if it's going to all work out in the end, I'll, I'll give this. and then, No, it, it's a worship. It's an act of, it, it, it's a mindset of saying, okay, you're my God, and this is how I'm doing it. Some people want to get a new job to get a raise. I say, some people want to do, you know, do this to get a raise. I say, why don't you just do it God's way and get a raise right where you are? I think God will bless us right where he's planted us. Well, we can't be lazy. People who like things watered down. I've had people tell me, you don't have any right to pressure us that way. Or they tell other people. Who tell me? He thinks he can tell everybody else how to live. I sure do. Absolutely. Just like you tell your children, or you should, how they should live. And if they don't, you just take that belt or that foot and you require them to. Well, 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 what if they don't like me? So be it. Because right now, I don't like them. Let's not be afraid to hold the standard high. So why do I do it? Why do you do it, Johnny? You, you, I, yeah. Hell, no problem. Satan, no problem. Really serving God right. Problem. So when I do it, when it and demand fully devoted followers, when you know, Johnny, that most people just don't even want to hear it. Well, I got two reasons. Number one, because I love Yahweh. And number two, because I love you. There's my first two reasons right there. In my father's house are many mansions. So if it were not so, I would have told you. This is John 14. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. This is one of the scriptures I use when people tell me that Jesus was in their church that morning. I say, nah. Because he said Jesus was in his church that morning too. Jesus is not... Okay, this is not even his name, first of all. You might have had Jesus. He's probably a new Spanish family that moved in across the street. 
He brought little Jose over there and Jesus, maybe. But then Jesus was here. I felt Jesus here. I, Jesus touched me. No, Jesus didn't touch you in the way that they believe. Because he's not omnipresent. He's everywhere. No, he's not. And one of the, re- one of the scriptures I give him right here, it says, wait a minute. If he's everywhere, why is he saying he, he's going to come again to receive you so that where he is, you can be also? That makes sense to anybody but me. If he's already everywhere, then I'm already where he is also. You know, anybody get that but me? It's so, well, prepare a place for you. I'm going to come get you so you can be where I am. Well, I am where you are because you're everywhere. It's so simple, I don't even feel like it makes sense when I tell you that. He's not omnipresent. But while we're waiting to be where he is, which is going to be where? Here. <laughs> That's like a riddle, isn't it? I'm not where he should be is because we're going to be a prayer place so I can be where he is. But he's not here. So, but I'm here. And so where's he going to be when you get when he I'll be where, where he is? Here. So while we're waiting to be where he is, where can we go where he is? Look at me. Right here. See, people don't believe that. I have a, my relationship with Jesus. I have a personal relationship. I, when they say that, I said, you mean a valet? You mean a butler? When somebody says, hey, he's my personal Savior and Lord, that's what they're telling me. He's my personal chauffeur, butler, and valet. I don't like that terminology personally. I know what they're saying. But the fact is, we must meet with what the Bible talks about from the beginning all the way through the end about his body. Not an individual. There's no individual stuff here. It's the body. You know what we used to talk called the tithe company. I told you that I, it would not surprise me in the least because God is the, the ultimate mathematician. Isaac Newton didn't invent calculus. God did. You understand that? Which, by the way, he agrees with my teaching on heaven, hell, Satan, and all that. Me and Isaac Newton. I think you read my stuff. So we have this understanding of who the tithe company is, those that tithe, those that's part. And guess what? It would not surprise me that if we did the math, when it's all said and done, the few who get, who get saved and get their well done that are able to enter the kingdom, it wouldn't surprise me that the number wouldn't be one-tenth of all the people that have ever lived. Wouldn't surprise me at all. I'm not saying it's that way. That tithe company, you know, those people who assemble every week with the other members of the body. There are people that I know, they have more fellowship with worldly people than they do with ecclesia people. Why do you, can you have fellowship with people who aren't even ecclesia or anything? It's so hard to come have fellowship with his body. I'm part of this coming together. I attend the place where he's preparing my place in my father's house for me every Lord's Day. Where are you? Where the heck are you? I know. I already know. I hope you repent from your backsliding before it's too late. And don't say I didn't warn you. I'm thankful for the technology we have. And I love technology. Anybody love technology? I mean, you love it. You can turn the switch on and get cool. Huh? How many, of you, how many of you, man, I love technology. I love it. I don't want a car that don't have a, a screen in it to back up. My wife always says, oh, you can't talk to it to get the station you want? I said, I don't drive a limited. 
You drive a limited. She got air conditioned seats in hers. And she assumes that I have a nicer car than her. So she'll come in and turn that heat thing and they switch up. Uh, he, uh, the, the seat switch on and she don't realize it's the heater because I don't have the air conditioner. She's like, are you hot? It's hot in here. Is it hot? I'm fine. I don't have a limited. I mean, her, got, her car's got everything. I love it, man. But you know, you can go to any restaurant or maybe right here in your own house that it can rob you of true relational human interaction. I mean, there's really, you, we got cable TV, and we got like 4 million channels on there, and there ain't nothing on there. So what do you do? You go on that. You do this. I mean, I could probably save that $1,400 a month on my cable bill if I cut it down a little bit. <laughs> Maybe close. But let me tell you what this technology can do. It can deceive you to make you think that you're part of something you're not. You hear me? I broadcast every Sunday on YouTube, and I do it for two reasons, mainly. Number one, because there are people, a lot of people interested in the message I'm preaching about, you know, the true gospel. And I also do it for my spiritual sons and daughters who just cannot be at church for a legitimate reason. But the truth is, just watching church online and neglecting church attendance, I put it in the same category as watching pornography and defrauding your spouse of true intimacy. You know what that means? I didn't get many likes on that on Facebook. But I'm going to tell you the truth. People think they can have a body of Christ relationship without a relationship. And the place and time for relationship is right here, right now, the, first, the Lord's day, the first day of the week. We gather. I mean, it's, this is our time that we do it. I don't hear me yelling and harping to you about Wednesdays, do you? Which is one of the most productive times, I think, in our, you know, that we really have to really get together. I mean, but, but uh, you know, uh, I don't say that. Hey, Wednesday, you want to lay at home and do, you know, watch TV or you're tired or whatever. Hey, but I can't give you Sundays because it's the Lord's day. It ain't yours. Matter of fact, you ain't even yours. La, 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 la. I know. It's the most difficult message. And I'm, I'm in the fight of my life to convince people that what I'm saying right now is true. What people do is they, people watch pornography and then they defraud their spouse of intimacy, sex. They don't, they don't need it. They've already fulfilled themselves somehow thinking that they're having some sexual relationship and they're not. I call a man who's doing that a homosexual because all he's doing is having sex with a man which is himself. I know I got off on this subject, but I must be anointed. <laughs> Years ago, when disco was first coming out and they wore the high pants and the shirts like that, I saw a guy, man, he had hair. I mean, he had this hair. Yeah, I knew he blow dried it. I mean, he had to. You know, I, I saw him, the grass don't grow on a playground, hallelujah, but I'm going to. Uh, he had that hair coming out, and he had gold chains, man. These gold chains. And I believe God spoke to me. I said, man, that's a ladies' man. I said, no, he's homosexual because he loves himself. And I watched him a little while. My thing is, if God wasn't right. The truth is, it's impossible for you to get a well done alone. You've got to be baptized into the body. And that ain't just a ceremony. 
The false gospel of going to heaven when you die has perverted the understanding of the correct thing. See, they know about repenting and being baptized. Repenting, believing, and being baptized. Repentance from dead works, faith toward God, doctrine of baptisms. They, that's all they know. They know nothing of the laying on of hands and the baptism into the body. They have no clue. They don't know. See, a person enjoys the presence of God. I want you to listen to me close. Because we are at large a rebellious people. We are rebellious people because we are Americans. Screw the British. South's going to rise again. However you want to say it. We are rebellious, man. We are lawless, but yet we have laws. But I want you to enjoy the anointing. And I'm going to say something, and I hope it sinks in. But you don't have the anointing or be able to enjoy the anointing because of your... Uh, your position, excuse me, because of your condition before God. You could only receive that life and anointing by your position in the, in the body. I think some of us right here today, it's difficult for us to really grasp that, you know, that you can't be blessed, and that you won't get your well done without the rest of us. That makes you need me. That makes you need us. But see, we don't believe that. Not in America. Not America. If we stand under the head, the anointing will come to you. If you don't stand under the head, the anointing will not reach it. And that's what's wrong with 90% of people who say they're Christians. They started off in the Spirit. They started off with baptism. But they never get in place. I had a guy try to break in line one time. I said, hey, go to the back of the line. And wait like the rest of us. I wasn't quite that loud. Matter of fact, I, I think I kind of just said it to myself, actually. No, I said, hey, hey, listen, none of us are special here. You just need to go to the back of the line and wait like the rest of us. We're all equals here. See, it's not a personal matter. It's not, a, it's not even a matter of the whole body. It's a matter of being in the body and under the head. And when members in the body submit to those over them and we stand in our proper, proper place, you will receive the blessing and the honor and the a power and the anointing. That's just the way it is. And there is no other way. And maybe that's where you got cut off. It's a matter of being in the body, being under the head. When members of the body submit to those over them and stand in their proper place, you get in your proper place, you understand that proper place, and you enjoy it. And quit complaining about it. You, you're going to get the anointing. And I want to tell you, we're walking a spiritual walk. And if you don't have the Spirit of God in the anointing, how many of you know you're not going to be walking? We need the power of the Spirit. We will not walk according to the flesh. Only when the anointing becomes our power. This anointing ain't poured out. I said, I'll pour my spirit out upon all flesh. Yeah, under the conditions. He did it initially for the grace of God where he made salvation and the forgiveness of sin and be reconciled back to God. Boom. Now, we get in order. You're not going to get the true power of God through asking God for it or praying for it by yourself. It's only as you stand in proper relationship to the body that God joined you to that you're going to receive it. If God didn't join you here and this ain't the place you're supposed to be, I doubt if you're going to receive it. We must see that the Bible never speaks about any other kind of anointing. I'm rushing through this. I just saw what time it was. 
I'm preaching the, the four foundational principle, and I'm going to close with two scriptures. First one is 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three through 32. I don't want to give the background. I'll just get to the point that I want to make, these two points. And then we're going to pray for Tucker today. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Yeshua, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take eat, this is my body which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. At the same manner, he also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he comes. Blood, we serve God. The bread, we serve others. It's that simple. That is nothing, that right there has nothing to do with the individual relationship anybody has with God. Matter of fact, there is no individual relationship that anybody has with God. It's always as part of the whole, which is the body of Christ. If you ain't part of the body, then you ain't. I'm talking about the real deal. He said, but let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. So what are you talking about? Serving God, not being worldly, not loving the world, like the world, my dreams are like the world, I can just be like the world, I can be happy. Wrong. Some of, you, some of you are just going to take so long, you're going to be so old before you find that out. When it finally dawns on you, then you're going to waste the years of really knowing how to be happy. Well, I'll tell you what, I wish I'd listen to Johnny right there. Hallelujah. And then the bread. All you are is something for me to eat. You should come in here with making us bologna sandwiches every Sunday. I mean, you should have the bread. You should be, ooh, look at that chatty today. He's come with something to, for me to eat and nourish me and strengthen me for my walk. Come in here with a, with a big old sandwich, salami and bologna, whatever it is you like. I'll tell you what I like. I like porterhouse. I mean, and I like ribeyes. I love the people in the church that come in. Here we come on the run with a burger on a bun. They come in here. They come in here serving. Man, you, you can't get away from them because they're going to make you feel good. But most of us resent the people who are reaching out to us and bother us by messaging us. I wish the hell they'd stop messaging me. I'm sorry, honey. I told my wife I was going to try to get through a whole message without cussing. I think hell is in the Bible, so it's not considered a cuss word. Yeah, so I, uh-huh. Some of y'all say, hell ain't no cuss word. I mean, you listen, I, I tell you a cuss word. You <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm trying to tone it down. Oh, oh who is it? Oh, it's Charlotte. Say, Somebody, ding, dong, shh, don't move. Don't move. Our kids, it's coach. The coach, I know you're in there. I've gone to people's houses before, back when I used to visit. <laughs> I tell you what. Visiting can be a, have a visitation to people's home unannounced can be disappointing. You talking about cussing. You talking about cussing. Me and Joel been in people's house at nighttime one time, pull up. I mean, we're blocked from the house. We can hear them. He'll tell you if I'm even exaggerating. It's like, in my idea. Yeah. So we get in there 
And they're like, man, they're on it. They're at it. <laughs> Stupid. You talking about cussing? Me? Oh, praise, praise Jesus. So they're just yelling and all that. So I told Joel, let's go knock on the door. Here's <laughs> the doorbell. Ding dong. Ding dong. <laughs> well, praise the Lord. How are you? Hallelujah. Look, honey. It's Johnny and Joel. Come on in, praise God. I'm like, hey, Ron. We heard you. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm almost, did I say I was almost done? Okay. Listen to this. Listen to this. Y'all listen. But let a man examine himself. Let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. What cup? going to serve God, not the world, and we're going to serve the body. We're going to, can I tell you this? Let me, I, let me tell, I'll tell you in a minute. Listen to this. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, or the worthy, listen, listen, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself. I think we got some people that are damned. Why, Johnny? Because they don't discern the Lord's body. What are you talking about? Because you think you think you can just do anything you want to anytime you want to. No. You can't spend the money time. You can't, you don't have the right to even think the thoughts you want to think if you're really going to be a Christian. So that cuts a slim, don't it? Who's left? It's, it's the fight of my life. I'm telling you, it's the fight of my life because people, y'all, people sit here and I'll tell them this and they'll walk out that door. I won't see them for another two months. Or they put things first. Or they're doing all this other thing. You never see a tithe. And that's why I don't even sit. Because I don't want to choke people I love. Listen to this. And for this cause, many are weak. And for this cause, many are sickly. I'm like, what? And listen to this. And many sleep. He ain't talking about those of y'all that sleep here. If you're going to I'd rather you come here and sleep than don't come. You hear me? What about so-and-so? He sleeps in church. Well, he's here. Huh? If I want to wake him up, I'll get him. I'll catch up. You watch me. I'll sneak up on him. Glory to God, get him just like that. For if we should judge ourselves, we're not going to be judged. But when we're judged, when we're judged, we're chasing to the Lord. Maybe your problem just be God taking you out of the woodshed and doing something for you to try to save you before you get too far. Why is this happening to me? Well, maybe he's trying to save you. He says that we are chasing the Lord. Watch that we won't, should not be condemned with the world. Let the righteous smite me. Put it on me. Somebody who loves me, will you please just grab me and whip me and hogtie me and take me to God's house on Sundays and take my checkbook and write tithes and offerings and make me give my part at the church. Love somebody. I tell you, it don't take much Oh, you'll never know how one word can fail a man, but one word can also cause a man to be an overcomer. Hey, that was a great word today. I'm not, I'm not begging for that, but when I get it, I got to tell you, it affects me so big. It affects me so big. I'm like, man, that one little word of people that think they don't, they may think they're insignificant or what they, what I say don't mean nothing. You're wrong because you're part of the body. And if I'm here, and you're here, and life is coming through here, I'm never going to get this if you don't do your part. 
And that's why some of the stuff ain't happening that God promised us. All right, last verse, James 5, 13 through 16. Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Now, I want you to let's look at the word, though. Is, is any, any people who, who are at home? No. Among you. There is an order and a place where God's presence manifests itself and flows to you, and you can't do it at home by yourself. And I can't even preach this, and t- I can't teach it today, so I'm just exhorting. Is any sick among you? Let him call the pharmacist. Hey, I understand it, man. I start hurting, man. I mean, I've had kidney stones before. I don't care. I don't care. Just give me something right now. Well, Johnny, we're going to have to, to cut you open and remove your stomach, your spleen, your heart. I don't care. Fix this pain. You're about Joel. You got that little bitty tiny thing. I, told, I said, I know a guy. He spits those things out like a Tommy gun. He's had about 112 of them. Hey. Is anybody sick? Is anybody afflicted? Is anybody merry? Let him do what? Call for the elders of the church. Who is an elder of the church? I've taught it years ago. There's a government in God's house. There are people who are responsible to somebody and for somebody. And that's how you get the head. And that's the only thing that gets anointed is Christ. And you have to be in the place. It flows down to you. He said, and let them pray over him. And they did something. They anointed him with oil. Oil. Why did they do that? Was it special oil? Did it have a fragrance in it? Oh, I know what it is. It's CBD oil. (laughs) What was the other kind of oil they had before that? The fragrance oil, uh, Come on, some of y'all made me, my wife buy a bunch of it. Come on, tell me what it is. Oh, it's all. Is it essential oil? Now, I won't tell you, I don't mind getting massaged with any kind of oil. Anybody with me? Oh, just a little to the left, please. But why do you think they anoint them with oil? It's messy. Tucker, I got to tell you something. You warned me good today. Let me tell you why. Because I poured that whole thing of oil on people's head before. Somebody tell him it's the truth. (laughs) Why is it oil? Because they know that the only way to get what they want to the person who's afflicted or who's sick among you is from the head down. And they are in the right place at the right time in the house of God. And then they pray over him in the name of Yahshua. Somebody say, is it Yahweh or Yahshua? Yahshua means Yahweh saves. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. I don't, I don't, I'm just going to say this quickly. Why do they need to save the sick? And if the Lord shall raise him up and if he's committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Wait a minute. See, I want to tell you, I think some people commit sins they don't think are sins. It is a sin to not tithe and give offerings. It's a sin. It's a sin not to be at the church on the Lord's day. It's a sin. See, well, what's a big deal? It's a sin. Because that's what God said do. For me to want 
to make somebody look bad for whatever stupid, fleshly, carnal, ugly reason is a sin. Even the desire in me to want to do it is wrong and it's a sin. See, everybody say, well, I'll tell you what, I, you don't know what I do. It ain't what you don't do anymore, it's what you don't do now. I don't smoke, drink, or chew gold girls that do. I don't get drunk no more. I don't do this anymore. I don't go to clubs anymore. I don't do all that anymore. Okay, but that was a long time ago. That's what babies don't do. Who are you today? What are you today? Get me some elders up in this place because I'm tired of everybody being sick, but I think some people are sick and I'm struggling and all that because of the whole conglomeration of house number two. I think that's part of it. And if we ain't got a good healthy house number two, then number three ain't going to be very healthy. Y'all agree with that? Thank, thank you, honey. It says it's going to save the sick from what? And if you committed sins, they're going to forgive you the sins. Some sins can only be forgiven corporately. Now listen to this. Confess your faults one to another. We ain't going to do that. Wednesday nights are really good. We're really, I think we're really developing there. Don't you, Joel? Where people are saying, hey, I've, you know, we're confessing our faults to one another. And that's why I try to do that as an example in front of all y'all. You know, I say, I had this thing about this person. I do that really for your sake, not for mine. I'm dealing with it. But for your sake, so maybe you'll say, well, you know, confess my faults to who? Well, it ain't going to be us because you ain't never here to get close enough to us to want to. Where are you? Don't you love us? We love you. Then we have the healing. We have a lot of sickness, but what is a lot of the sickness for? Then we have the healing. Where's the healings in God's house? Where are they? Why do we, is it wrong to have, a, to have a, a doctor? I love doctors, don't you? But can there be some way that you and I can come to this place where we in our mind really grasp what the body of Christ is all about and in some way that we can really grasp what the order of God is about? We can start practicing it in house number two. Husbands, wives, Children, that's in government. And then in house number three, we show up so we can at least try to please God and what his requirements are. God bless y'all. I hope y'all received that word today. Dick, I want you to get the anointing oil for me. We're going to anoint Tucker. Tucker's struggling with the infirmity today.